It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. Why am I here? He asked quietly. It was a, a room full, packed with expectant souls who anticipated coming together to discover deep, hidden meaning in their lives. Perhaps some sensations of destiny, the, the rush of joy over knowing that God has a wonderful plan for my life. Or perhaps that somehow or another, mysteriously, the stars are involved in our process. You remember, right? You remember the mindset. On the day that you were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true. So they sprinkled moon dust in your hair of gold and starlight in your eyes of blue. The lump. <laughs> Why am I here? People wrestle with it. Often coming up with dreamy answers, for after all, each one of us is supposed to follow a dream, but if if, if here's the but here's here's the point. If everybody's dream came true, the world most certainly might explode. So, after my friend sitting in that room posed his question and all the people offered their ethereal, existential, biblical, hopeful, and notably wishful answers, I simply said, as far as I know, you're here because your mom and dad decided to bingo bongo down south in the Congo. Maybe your parents got a little drunk. Or maybe the event was actually planned to conceive you complete with lit candles and rose petals on the bed. But I guarantee you, that first encounter was brief. And your dad, your biological father, brought his gift quickly, some might say prematurely. And he sprayed the walls of your mother's uterus, pulling away and feeling that, like Atlas of old, he had lifted the very earth. It was a little did he know 
like most men. Little did he know how inventive, productive, supernatural, and whimsical that uterus can be. For after all, rather than being offended by the splashing, it offered an egg and took the oo and the goo from you. It took the oo and the goo from you know who to make you. You weren't much to talk about at first. I can use the term microscopic. A single fertilized egg by a determined spermatozoa. But within a couple of weeks, you took your first journey to attach yourself to the wall of that uterus. It's rather tricky, you know. Some little tadpoles never make it. May God rest their souls. That's what we call an early miscarriage. Yes, a miscarriage of justice, or June, or Jimbo, or Jalise. Then begins a nine-month sequester where the jury is surely out. You are sequestered and the jury is out. Where? Honestly, if your mother doesn't soak herself in alcohol, smoke too many cigarettes, or crack for that matter... And if she's willing to overeat to such an extent that she's actually able to feed two people, it, you will then be placed in a position to tumble out of an overextended vagina into the world where you are required immediately by everyone around you to cry your guts out. It's begun. And even though your relatives will insist that you are the prettiest, the best, the smartest, and that you already have the hands of a classical piano player, you're actually just a little caboots that came along to replace a Ritz recent kafuddle who went kaputs. Yes, you're here to replenish the earth. Somebody croaks so you could crack the surface. It's your first job. As your first job, if you don't do it well, all the other jobs become meaningless. Here's the truth. You matter because you are, you are made of matter that takes care of of matters. Yeah, there it is. You matter because you're matter that's taking care of matters. But see, here's what happened. The, the system we've constructed in these United States for taking care of babies and children is completely and totally out of whack. It's a, but it's only in the past 150 to 200 years that children have begun to be viewed with pride instead of considered a necessary evil which came out of the tyranny of the screw. People used to look at new children like, well, there's another farmhand. 
for we were an agrarian society, which means we grow things. We grew things back then. So the kid belonged to mom until about age 10. And from that point on, the kid belonged to dad until the kid belonged to another person who got together with him or her to start a family of their own to repeat the process again. So from birth to 10, mother took care of the kids. And from 10 on, Papa was supposed to turn them into hard-working citizens. It was a system, golly, it worked pretty well, didn't it? Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. But somewhere along the line, we got the idea that parenting was really mothering with a side of smothering. This, This phrase came into our language. They'll always be our children. They'll always be our children. Of course, nothing could be further from the truth. These these people aren't born to be your children. They aren't even born to be God's children. They're born to be the children of the earth, replenishing it. And when we don't teach them that, and we don't enforce that, and don't particularly apply that in their lives, we end up with people in their mid-30s who are still trying to figure out what their purpose is while they live at home with their mom and dad complaining about the type of pickles that were bought at the grocery store. So why are you here? Why are you here? Are you ready? Number one, you're here to learn the earth. It is the place of your birth, and it is where you will prove your worth. You're here to learn the earth. It's the place of your birth, and it's where you'll prove your worth. I'm going to tell you how you can always locate the devil. The devil is anyone who thinks he or she is wrongfully placed on earth when they really belong in heaven. You don't belong in heaven. I'm sorry. There may be some question of whether you would ever belong in heaven. And of course, there is this ongoing inquiry of whether there really is a heaven in the first place. You believing in heaven is Really no different from thinking that angels sprinkle moon dust in hair and starlight in eyes of blue. Which leads to number two. You are of the earth. Even the greatest biblical story of creation says, you, me, we are made from the dust of the earth. Talk about using available supplies. Your flesh, your blood, your bones, all, all of it turns to dust or ashes depending on which route you decide to go. So because you're of the earth, let's go to number three. Be kind to earthlings. Start with your own race, people. And then trickle down your mercy to the other creatures that inhabit this planet who won't bite your ass or poison you. That sounds reasonable, doesn't it? But you need to start with the human race. Be kind to earthlings. You see, when you believe in destiny and you believe that your life is just so special, it becomes very easy to convince yourself that other human beings may have a plan for their lives, but not nearly 
as elaborate and wonderful as yours. Yours was drafted by God himself. Other people's had the work shipped out. Anything that makes you believe that you're better than anyone else is a dark cloud which will eventually rain evil and terror on the earth. Number four, don't, the demand that those who study the earth buck up and get busy. We're spending too much time applauding our efforts in science instead of admitting there's too much cancer, there's too much disease, and there's too much loss of control in our world. You can hear the rain behind me right now. For instance, don't you think by this time we should be able to do a little bit more with predicting or even guiding the weather around us? But it comes at its will. If science could be better funded and we took the graft and crime out of the research industry, we just might make strides. Keep in mind, number five, keep in mind that God does not love the world and hate the earth. He doesn't love the world and hate the earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, Psalm 4, 24. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That comes from the Lord's prayer. When you complain to God about the earth, you're criticizing one of his favorite sculptures. So shut the hell up. You've been given a passage of time, certainly probably less than 100 years. So make good use of it and stop looking for angels, devils, stars, or potions to sprout a special destiny for you. Instead, work with what you've got to make it more. If the rain arrives, use it as your backdrop. Don't argue with it. Don't curse it. And finally, can I give you number six? Enjoy the earth. Rather than looking at it as your home, where you leave dirty dishes in the sink, treat it like your showcase that you're preparing to sell and trying to get a great price for it. Clean it up. Appreciate it. Adjust to the things you learn about the earth every day. Stop, stop arguing over foolish things like race, religion, and sexuality. Take this opportunity you've received, this opportunity of life, because your dad was horny and your mother was willing or your mom had the hots and your dad had no reason to say no. Take this opportunity and make it seem like it was supernatural by the way you use the natural order around you in a super way. Let's look at those six things again. Number one, you're here to learn the earth. Number two, you are of the earth. Number three, be kind to earthlings. Number four, use greater energy to try to inspire people to study the earth. Number five, God loves the earth. And number six, Enjoy the earth. For the good news is, we were all born the same way in the same lane. And the better news is, because we were, we have nearly everything in common. That's it for today. 
Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.